So I've been putting a bit of thought into how in the Seven Hills to run um, lifestyle costs and working, uh, you know, how much is an inn and how much is meals and how much per day. And it's a lot of math that I really don't want us to have to do. So I think I found a reasonable formula and I wanted to run it past you guys that'll cover your cost of living while in downtime. Because if you're sailing off somewhere, where the hell are you going to spend money? Okay. Uh, but the idea, the best idea I've stumbled across on the internet is um, 10 gold per week per level. As you level up, you buy better things, you stay in nicer places, you drink better wine, you want more exclusive wenches, I don't know. Or just more wenches. I mean that too. Wenches. You just walk into the brothel and they're like, who would you, who would you like? And you're like, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. The ones that don't make me itch. So when we last left our intrepid heroes, they'd had quite the ordeal having been uh, pulled out of the ocean from their shipwreck, only to help in taking another ship a few days later. As the captain, as the, the boats progressed, the captain assigned the three of you and Haitha to crew the uh, the small ship that is being towed behind the larger ship. But it still needs people to steer it and run things. So you're running on a bit of a skeleton crew, but you manage with the smaller boat. As you had pulled around into the bay where you see the city of Trivium, it sits at the back of a bay of a small bay and each point each of the peninsulas sticking out of the bay spiral towers rise with this massive bridge that crosses the entire mouth of the bay as your ship sails into the bay moving around other small ships that are docking at the various ports all the way around it you can see the the harbor, down by the harbor, the buildings are wooden plaster, more, more pedestrian, as then the site behind you, where as you go further out, there is these massive structures painted in yellows and golds and reds with these bulbous tops that come to a point the very wall shimmering as though they were polished metals, but vibrant colors. You pull into the into the dock with uh, with a little bit of help parking a boat. Luckily, two of you know what you're doing. Not and Nissa. as you're about to dis, go ahead. I was gonna say, just not Nissa. She's just trying to not get in anybody's way. 
as you're about to disembark, you hear a, Oi there, you're forgetting something. From behind you as you turn and see the captain standing there, clutching this, uh, this sack in his hands. He reaches in and goes, These are for you. With all these tinier sacks, little coin purses. He tosses one to each of you and it thumps into your hand, heavy with coins. I did your share for tipping in last night. How many coins is that? Um, as you take a look through it, there are 30 gold pieces. So like ten each or what? No, thirty each. Woohoo! I can buy a lot of weed with that. Because Nissa couldn't afford a whole week of staying in town. Now she can. You also realize that he's calculating on making an awful lot of money off of those uh, of turning over those spies, which he probably will. But that's a him problem. Yep, that's a him problem. He can deal with them. If you're looking for work, we should be leaving in probably two weeks. Maybe sooner if something comes up. Pop on by if you're looking for a job. I've got a new boat to crew. You're looking for somewhere to stay while you're here. He points down the harbor, or around the bay a little bit, to this one building that is like two stories taller than the others. That there is Nancy's Harbor Cafe. The food is good, the wenches are pretty, and the rates are quite affordable. Where do you think you'll be going next? He, he kind of... Wherever the wind may take us, wherever there's profit. You got somewhere you want to be, lad? Not particularly, just wondering where you're headed. We'll probably head up north a bit, see if we can run into some unawares enemy ships and uh, confiscate a few of their belongings. He turns and just kind of waves as he heads back up onto the ship. No, I've got stuff to do. Carve yourselves a good time. You deserve it after the week you've had. Nissa waves back. I wave too. As you guys are begin leaving the piers that are bustling with people and different boats and different designs and sails and colors and flags, but you notice there's an 
almost every flag here is flying a uh, a yellow background. The sigils are all different, and you see other ones that are like half uh, half yellow and half a different color. Some are half yellow and half green, but with a different uh, different crest on them. Do we see any that match the boat we just came off of? Uh, no, that one wasn't flying any flag. Oh. Spies and the such. Oh, right. Yep. This is just dodging people and trying not to get trampled. I mean, if you're in the air, it's really not that hard to avoid being trampled. True, but she doesn't want to fly too high and attract a lot of attention yet. You're standing next to a seven-foot-tall person. I think we're attracting plenty of attention already. Fair point. <laughs> I'm just going to take a long peer over top of the people and see where the nearest bar is. I figure drinks and food would be a good start to our day. I agree. Directly on the harbor, the only one that is uh, that is there is Nancy's that he pointed out earlier. Nancy, <laughs> sure. I heard there's pretty ladies there. You make your way down the pier, and along the way, you bump into two of the other guests that survived. The young doctor. And the noblewoman, who in your times on a notice both the count, uh, the countess, and the young doctor standing on the edge of the pier. You have the opportunity to walk past them, or you could talk to either of them. I think Nissa would stop and just say hi to them. I do the same. Make sure that they were comfortable on our voyage. As they, uh, as you stop to chat with them both briefly, uh, Dr. Doctor Elaine says, well, I, I lost most of my research uh, supplies in the shipwreck. I have most of my tools, though. You realize the bag he was clutching for dear life was all of his doctor's equipment. Very important stuff. I'm going to need uh, I'm going to need to find somewhere to stay for a little bit until I can get my practice up and running, and then from there I can continue my research. What, what are you researching? That's I'm trying to find... <laughs> I'm trying to find a, a... A way to... You know of healing potions, but those are... Those involve magic and expensive alchemical ingredients. I'm trying to find a... A cheaper alternative that we could market to everyone. Not everyone can afford a healing potion at the drop of a hat. Nissa flits around in a circle and thinking about it, and then she says, Well, yeah, that's smart. 
not everyone can just heal themselves. And not everybody needs the potent power of of those potions. Sometimes just a little bit and some rest will do them just fine. Nothing to take the edge off. It's not alcohol. My research has shown that children do not handle alcohol well. It might have something to do with their size. Nissa doesn't have a lot of knowledge of like human children or anything. She just knows that from her size, a little bit of alcohol goes a long way. Yeah, kind of trails off at that point, then changes the subject. And where are you, you lot headed? To see the pretty ladies. He kind of blinks and... To see the pretty ladies. Yes, the captain says there's pretty ladies down that, down that way, and she gestures. And food and alcohol. I... You know what, a drink would probably be a good thing for me. You should come with us. Why not? Let's see what this Harborfront Cafe has to offer. And Nissa turns to the Countess right away, and she says, You too, right? You're gonna come too? Although, I think you'd be the prettiest lady there. She smiles. You flatter me, little one. I shall... She hesitates. I shall join you as I could also use some wine to... Just steady my legs. You can see she's kind of wobbly after being out at sea for the last two months. But then I I would like to... She kind of... Was, I'd like to ask a favor, if you could escort me to my destination. My, uh, my fiancé will be worried about me. Well, I'm, I'm not a very good navigator, but I'll come along if, if these guys can help. Oh, I can navigate. I can navigate the shit out of that. <laughs> Where are you headed? He points up into the main city. Okay, drink food, take you home. Sounds like a plan. I, uh, I am... I was coming over as I had been betrothed to one of the daughters of the... Uh, of the, the council. He, her, uh, her first husband unfortunately passed away, but he lived a long life. Does she say that to us? Yes. What kind of look am I getting from her when she said her first husband unfortunately passed away? Oh, she's referring to her fiancé's uh, husband. 
Ah, interesting. Uh, roll me insight. All of us? Or just Andy? Because... Thirteen? You realize that her fiancé most certainly has to be something longer lived than a human. Uh-oh. Interesting. But you guys, uh, she, she does accompany you to towards Nancy's. And as you get closer, you can hear music coming from inside. Even though it's only 10 o'clock in the morning, the place is, you can hear the, the chatter of voices inside. And you open up the door, and there are probably two dozen sailors on the main floor, the wooden floor filled with tables one end to the other other than the bar that runs the back wall and the staircases on either side that lead up with an open balcony on the second and third floor looking down into the main area with all of these tiny doors close together leading off of them. You walk into the room, the the three bards of the or the three performers are leading the the sailors in a sing-along of a sea shanty. You're not sure who is worse, the bards or the people uh, singing along with them. <laughs> Nissa recognizes a good time, and so she flutters over by the bards and starts just, like, flying around in tune to their song. One of the bards notices you, and while performing, start uh, uh, while still singing, invites you to dance on top of a table. Okay, I do so. Not quite feet touching the table, though. Like just like hovering right above it. <laughs> oh yeah, I imagine you're flying, and he's kind of just like holding, uh, holding you. You're, you know, dancing. You're dancing with a human. Yeah. It's awkward, but fun. Yeah. I mean, he's singing a song all at the same time, so... It's a good old time. I just realized that the phrase I just said could be taken a totally different way if you change the inflection. Because I said, it's awkward, comma, but fun. But if you remove that comma, then it's just awkward, but fun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Megan, you're a wonderful human being. <laughs> anyway, I'm dancing with a human. Anyways. <laughs> and as you look around the room at the patrons, you probably couldn't find a den of more vile individuals if you tried. The even more motley assortment of people than your current crew fill the room, including several members of your crew. 
<laughs> who immediately after getting off the boat started drinking. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, running around the bar, there is um, a human woman with a, a long face and a beak-like nose and her blonde hair cut just above the shoulders, running around taking orders. And occasionally you uh, you see the door in the back open up and a dwarf with a peg leg will come hobbling out with a tray of food, set it up on the counter, and either the human woman or one of the uh, the other two girls running the running tables come and pick it up but the human woman catches your eye because she's wearing pants and a vest where the two serving uh serving girls are running around in dresses and as you look up you see several women leaning over the banisters from above, but these ones are wearing an awful lot of makeup and some very flashy dresses. <laughs> uh, Nissa's gonna uh, catch the attention of her compadres and then point up. She's just having a good time. This is a big party. It really is a big party. At 10 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Find a table? You are able to find a table. The place is nowhere near full, even though it's got two dozen people in it. This The main floor is quite large. <laughs> and as you sit down at the table, the, uh, the human woman comes on over. It's a... a Pulls a stool over from another table, sits down. So what can I get you? What was the captain's name that recommended us here? Uh, captain Espinoza. Right. Um, Nissa flutters down close and she says, Oh, oh, Captain Espinoza. He said that this was a good place to go for pretty ladies and good food, drink, and even places to sleep. The, uh, the, the woman turns to you. Espinosa sent you, eh? Yes, we helped him out. How did you... You helped him out? How did you get tangled up with, uh, with Espinosa? Haven't seen him around here in weeks. Well, he helped us out first, and then we helped him out. And then we came here. We just got here today. He's still here, down at the docks. I'll be expecting to see him later, then. We can definitely get you food, drink, room to stay. You're going to want uh, one room, or are you looking for more than one room? Looking around the table. Nissa shrugs. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm very tiny. I'll let these guys decide. One room, two beds. One room, big bed. Nissa flutters a little bit and looks at her 
two male companions and she says, one bed, guys? What's two beds? <laughs> Let's go, Andy. We got one bed on this. <laughs> I am seven feet tall, like 200 some odd pounds. One bed ain't going to cut it. Oh, right. Yeah. We better have two beds. She nods and goes, all right. And uh, food, drink? Yes, to both. I'm, I'm wondering, do you have wine? We do have wines. We've got, uh, we've also got meads and ale and grog, if you're feeling brave. Ooh, I might be brave later, but for now, I would love, love a fruity wine if you have one. I mean, all wines are made with grapes. Nissa just laughs um, happily. That's true. That is true. I think we've got something up your alley, though. Don't you worry. I'll take two of the largest meals you make and a full pint for myself. Mess <laughs> that down. Do you want uh, Do you want the bacon or the ham? One of each. Good choice. Good choice. Kind of notes that down on her little chalkboard. And the doctor leans forward and goes. Uh, do you, do you happen to serve tea? Yes, we have tea. Good. Can I get that with some rum in it, please? And, uh, half of whatever he's having, pointing at, uh, at the Goliath sitting at the table. <laughs> As they go around and take the rest of your orders, see, uh, she goes into the back and you hear her yell something to the cook and then there's a flurry of activity coming from back there. She comes out and she tends a couple more tables before coming back and dropping the key off to your room. The number 311 is written or engraved into the handle of the key. She goes, Third floor. It's got a nice view. Nissa's looking around very, very happily. It's a lively jump in place. As you guys finish off your breakfasts, the Countess turns and you can see she's been kind of uneasy in this kind of a place the entire time she's been here. This was uh, an interesting cultural experiment um, but if we are quite finished would you mind escorting me to, through to the inner city oh sure sure let's go uh, roll me 
direction. <laughs> Sorry. Survival doesn't seem like the right thing here. Um, I would say it could be. It's urban survival. Sure, roll me survival. Heck yeah. Although, oh wait, yes, I am good at that. Ha! Good, she's lost as fuck. I uh, have a three for my survival. <laughs> it's only two better than her. Eighteen. Twelve. The DC to get to the inner city was ten. Oh! <laughs> Making your way inwards, the, you, you find a major route, and you move through the, the mostly wooden plaster houses. As you're moving through it, you notice one section that is decidedly newer than the rest of it, like, by a couple decades, but still built in the same fashion. And it goes back to being the, the same kind of buildings that were down by the harbor. Until you hit this 30-foot wall that cuts off the harbor area from the inner city. And the wall's made of that shining red stone. And there are several guards stationed around. And as you approach the guards, one of the guards steps forward and goes, Halt! Who are you seeking to gain access to the to old, the old city? Woman steps forward. I am the Countess. Crap, I forgot her name. <laughs> I have a notepad for this. I have no she idea. He introduces herself, and uh, the guards immediately kind of, like, change their stance. And your companions, they say, kind of looking at the seven-foot-tall guy, you can just kind of feel that they're they're intimidated just by you being there. I pat myself down to clean, to clean off the dust and any food left over. We just escorted the pretty lady. All, all right, but you'd better be on your best behavior in there. The, uh, the rules are a little bit uh, more strict than down here. As you pass through the gate, they open the gates enough to allow you to pass through, and you enter in, and the city that you leave behind is nothing like what you walk into. The streets are paved in polished cobblestone. The walls are made of this smooth glass-like stone that you see everywhere, bright colors fill the streets and people are bustling around and everybody's wearing rather nice looking clothes. But you also feel an intense buzz of magic within the walls. And you notice doors that open by themselves uh, when people approach them or uh, the mail seems to be delivered by these 
tiny flying uh, flying dragonflies that flit through the air, and there's just a buzz of magical energy. Nissa would like to fly alongside one of the male-delivering dragonflies and just see what she can notice about it. Uh, it's made out of metal. Oh. Uh, could be could be sil- like silver, could be something else. And the wings are beating very, very rapidly, like faster than yours. And it doesn't seem to take much note of you almost going directly to its towards where wherever it's headed to and only moving if something gets in its way. Does it appear just like a mindless servant or just dedicated to its job? Uh, dedicated to its job, as you kind of observe it more closely, while it is metallic in color and possibly geoengineered, it is a living organism. Nissa is fascinated. But she leaves it to its job and goes back to her group. And she describes what she saw there and then she looks at the countess and she says my goodness pretty lady are these the things you're used to she laughs kind of shakes her head no little one this is very different than the home i left behind i guess that's what happens when you move to a city founded by wizards she's kind of taking it in as well I mean, we have a lot of magic back at my home, but not quite like this. This is a little different. Tell me about your home, little one. What? I have never been to the land to to where your kind come from. Oh, it's beautiful and quite nearby. That's the thing that gets most people is it's it's here when you can't see it. It's the most delightful trick. She blinks a little bit confused and goes, <laughs> Interesting. Very interesting, little one. And this oh. is just looking around excitedly at everything. Well, I, I guess we should be off as we as you continue heading down. She she gets to this large square and she just kind of starts rubbing her head and goes, "I don't remember where I'm going. I, I the descriptions. I remember that this and as she's." sitting there and rubbing her head all of a sudden out of the fountain rises this watery uh, face, almost like a human face on a tendril of water and floats over above your heads and says, where do you seek to go? She 
I swat at it. <laughs> Your hand splashes straight through the water and it reforms the tendril. I scared it. What's that? I just stared at it. This pretty lady, she's looking for her fiance. I don't remember his name either. <laughs> the, uh, the, the water spirit kind of looking at you, not getting an exact answer suddenly lets out this high-pitched whistle before slipping back into the water. And then you hear a clacking coming down around the corner, and you see a horseless carriage rumble up beside you with no driver. My lady, I think, I think we're meant to get in. And she does a quick fly around the carriage, just observing. It is uh, an open-top carriage. The wheels, uh, the wheels themselves are, are wooden wheels still, but they're uh, etched with magical carvings into them. You notice that there's ma there's runes etched into it in multiple places. But the seats are quite nice, uh, velvety soft as you plop down on one of them. What's the weather the like? The Countess. Uh, Temperature-wise, like, is it quite warm out or just a regular-ish temperature? It's probably 18 degrees. Okay. Cold weather won't be a major issue in this campaign. <laughs> I mean, unless you start climbing mountains or some shit like that. That's that's a whole other kettle of fish. You know, maybe we'll take the boat up a mountain. Don't ask me. You know, with... but we could do it. <laughs> you will. You will I'm figure it out. The mountain. Once this is an off-topic tangent. I once had a party steal a tower. Like a magical tower that you could shrink and take somewhere, or just... No, no, it was an adamantine teardrop-shaped tower that was suspended from a cavern on the plane of Earth. How did they steal that? Did they mine all the way around it? Yeah, they essentially used magic to make the dirt, or the, the rock that around the anchors fall out, and then used their army of giants to take it back and then chop it <laughs> apart and then brought it back and crashed the economy because there was now an entire tower worth of adamantine that flooded a close <laughs> pocket dimension worth of cities. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, fuck everything. Pretty much. Your games are fun. I try. <laughs> Alright, well... Let's not uh, steal this carriage, though, because I have a feeling that would end badly in this city full of wizards. 
Are the rest of you hopping in as the Countess also climbs in? Yabbers! Yeah. Once you're all seated, it starts rolling, and it doesn't ever ask for where you're supposed to go, but you feel like... Roll me... You know what? Roll me... Uh, roll me wisdom. Wisdom saves. Oh, I like wisdom saves. Sorry, what was that? Roll me what? Wisdom saves. Wisdom saves. 23. Three. Three. <laughs> Wisdom is my thing. So the, uh, while you all feel this, like, mild magical aura in the carriage, and you realize that it's probing into your brains, but it's looking for where you want to go. And that's how it's getting its direction. Very cool. Nissa's is gonna excitedly sit up and look around as as she learns about this or figures it out, and she's like, oh, "The carriage, the carriage knows where we want to go." She's just delighted by anything that could be viewed as as a trick <laughs> and as it continues you you notice it going from the what you thought was absolutely fantastic when you came in you realize only gets better the further into the old city you go as the estates become larger and larger and there are multi-story manor houses. Then, as you, the carriage pulls up to one particular one, and stops you there at the large four-story building, probably eighty feet across on the front, and goodness knows how far back this thing goes. And you, and the countess gets out. Would you like to come in? We can offer you uh, food or drink. Although I guess you both, you all just ate. I've thought of that. I'm sorry, terribly sorry. Oh, no. No, it's okay. We just wanted to make sure that you got here okay. We could go so I... that you can see your fiancé. I'm sure you'll want to have lots of sex. <laughs> She laughed. I just palm my face to that re to that question. <laughs> she leans in and this like half smirk crosses her face and she goes, "It's not premarital sex because my fiance has already been married once." Uh -huh. <laughs> Nissa just claps delightedly. <laughs> she. Farewell. I should we meet again. I look forward to it. Thank you all again for not letting me drown. Of course. As she leaves, the uh, the carriage starts rolling again. 
as uh, it's rolling out of a different path, though, taking you through a bit of a scenic route based on what it's picking up from your minds and kind of giving you the sights of the area. And there's some of the most elaborate fountains, some of which have statues that are hovering above the fountain but spewing water out of them. Did the doctor come with us? Uh, no, he stayed at the inn. Okay. So Nissa looks over um, at K2 and Norm and she says, So, where should we go? What do you want to see? Uh, I'm going to let Annie decide this one. Let's find the biggest house around here. See what it looks like. Biggest <laughs> house around here. Alrighty. Are you looking for something specifically a house, or are you looking for the largest thing? Because there is a massive building that you can see further off that's probably seven stories high. There. Um... Further away from the water, heading uh, west into town, you move, uh, the cart rolls you closer to it, you see there's a flight of stairs leading up the front and multiple doors going into different areas of this building, these massive columns all the way around it, and these large overhanging roofs on all four sides. As the building rises up, up, up into the air, and you see... People coming in and out with papers and briefcases. It looks like a very uh, clerical type building. Is anybody nearby us right now? Because we're on the cart and it's moving, right? Yeah. Anybody There's nearby? There's people in the streets. Could I reach one of them from the cart? Yeah. Are you hungry already? I just want to grab the nearest person, just kind of like lift them off the ground and ask them what that thing is. <laughs> uh, roll me intimidation. I know you're not meaning to be intimidating, but uh, if things go wrong, I, sorry, that'll be a what? Seventeen. Seventeen. The person panicking, kicking their feet. That's that's the the, the 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 council palace. That's where all of the government officials work out of. That's the, the the everything. The bureaucracy exists in there. Please don't eat me. Nissa starts laughing, today. and I put him back down. They uh, they're they're kind of like you see them as you drive away, and they're like touching themselves to make sure they're not injured. <laughs> the large man picked them up. You've also uh, transported them about 30 feet in the pro those in the time of your conversation. Nissa zips out of the carriage back to the man that just got put down and and she says, "Excuse me. What's a what's a basket seat? Bureaucracy. What's that?" It's the, how we 
how how everything is organized. We need to you know, the structure of government. The council makes decisions, and then those decisions are handed down to uh, their their uh, the levels of government below them, and then they distribute it out into all of the warrens across the city and uh, the warrens out across the island. Oh. And everything flows in from all of those places too, and all of those decisions are made right here. Oh, okay. I understand. Very, very animalistic. And she zips back towards the carriage. <laughs> to you you see you don't hear what she says but suddenly as she starts flying back the look on the man's face is like she he just got hit in the chest with cow dung <laughs> I'm glaring at him the whole time these beings here they're they're bu bureaucracy it's just, it's just a big word for the way that they hurt each other. It's it's just a hierarchy, like all the animals. The people at the top make the decisions and all the little ones have to support them. I knew a pack of wolves, actually, that did it very, very well. As it takes you past this large building and around a corner, you you catch a whiff of a bakery. As you come around another corner, you look up and you see that there's a market square. And there is a bake shop that's opened up. The, ones, uh, the large sliding door on the side to let the smell of the bakery waft out. Mm. I instantly goods. jump off the cart and run straight for that bakery. <laughs> Nis is just up for the, anything, so she follows. The baker, a kind of chubby, uh, chubby dwarf, who looks like he's thoroughly enjoyed his own cooking for many years, is quite startled by the seven-foot man who comes charging down the street only to stop directly in front of his shop. But he goes, uh, may, I, may I help you, sir? Looking all the way up at you. I'll take a dozen of whatever those things are and six of whatever that is. Oh, you wish the uh, the strawberry scones. Just putting six of those into a bag, and and then I'm sorry. Did you want the uh, blueberry custard or the lemonberry custard? Yes. We have each. Sounds good. He sets them up into a, a little box and completes the transaction for you. Thank you. That's uh. He laughs and says, I might be able to go home early today, selling out this fast. You must have a lot of people to feed, or a heck of an appetite to have grown that tall. Oh, uh, do you guys want some? This is just giggling. No, I think I've eaten enough for today. 
<laughs> I bow and walk away. You leave the the baker astounded that you just bought dozens of uh, of pastries. And then you start munching on, or are you eating now or saving them? I'm gonna have one of each right now. <laughs> They're all quite tasty. And when he said lemon berry, he meant it. There's lemon, but you also taste some sort of a sour berry flavor in the custard as well. It's interesting. I've heard of pastries before, but I've never had one, so I have to try them. <laughs> the cart eventually meanders you back towards the gates, leading back into the harbor, harbor's uh, ward, warren of town. Get off the cart and you start heading back through the gates. Now we're back in the small part of town where all the smaller, less important people do all they can to support the big people up top. My people work it the other way around. The big people support the small people? Yes. I like your people. So now we're entering into, potentially into an area of downtime, where over the next several days, you guys are going to have the opportunity to do pretty much anything that you want. But we're not going to roleplay out every single second of it, because that will take forever and a day. <laughs> yeah. And nobody likes going to the leather polisher shop to enjoy their shoes being polished. Well, I mean, I think Nissa really would enjoy that. She really likes her boots. Um, I already know what she's going to do on her downtime. She's going to look for a new pair of boots. She wants them in a really pretty flashy color. And she also wants to find all the parties. Basically. <laughs> How much extra cash did we get from our Hidden money. Oh yeah, I forgot you're gonna go bag. get that. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's as far as you know, still hanging off the back of the boat. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna take care of that now then. <laughs> right, and what is your plan for that? How are you going to gain access to it? Uh... I'm going swimming. Okay. Alright, so I'm assuming you're going to go under the cover of darkness. Yep, nothing like a nice, good moonlight swim. Alrighty, I would like you to roll me your stealth, firstly. Oh, that's a good roll, so... And I got a zero, so that's a 19. Alrighty. You move in like an MI6 operative, moving through the harbor, dodging all of the people that are working the later shifts. You slip into the water. 
Now I'd like you to roll me athletics to swim out into the harbor, get your money, and more importantly, swim with it back. Athletics? Yes. 23. Jesus. So despite having one of your one of your arms clutching a wet bag of money to your chest, you manage to swim and are somehow silent about how you're doing it. Physics can bend it. And you make it back to the shore and head back to meet up with your friends. Um, you're staying at Nancy's, which <laughs> every night fills up with sailors. And if there isn't bar brawl, you are surprised. Nissa is loving it. I'm literally just going to walk in with the bag tucked underneath, like, on a small rag covering my area. I'm going to be soaking wet and just kind of walk past everybody go straight to my room. Alrighty. You are now sitting up in your room with all of your money. And it takes you a while to count it out. Oh, it for sure will. I have a minus to both intelligence and wisdom. <laughs> I probably have to restart a couple times before and you develop you a mill room for help. <laughs> well, that depends. Mill room, what are you doing at this hour? Um. Honestly, I'm just going to be relaxing and trying to see. I, I'm still on my mission for Margarita's here information here, so maybe I'll ask around locals for that and at the same time get drunk and high and uh, hit up the winches. Also, I wouldn't mind trying to find someone that might be able to enchant a whip. That'd be cool. All right. These things are things that may take some to find the right people. But it may take you, but they are all definitely things you can start feeling out. And you get a couple suggestions on different enchanters across the city. You know, if you want it done uh, done on the cheap, you are definitely going to sacrifice on the quality from what you gather. It depends right. on what you're looking for. But there are options, especially here in this city. I like it. In your time asking around, you also, while you don't come across information about your wife, you do find an old man who comes to the bar quite regularly, who rants and raves about this, when he gets too drunk, rants and raves about this great treasure that he he and his crew once had, and that they buried it, and he knows where to find the map. But he does, nobody seems to pay him a whole lot of mind. Uh, I'm going to sit down and listen to what he's got to say there. Maybe buy him a drink. As you continue buying him drinks, he uh, continues to tell you more and more about uh, 
about this island that they buried this entire chest worth gems and gold and all sorts of stuff. Unfortunately, the storm that uh, after they left the island, their boat was hit by a storm, sank, and he was one of the only survivors. Do we, do I hear the story as well? I think you're upstairs counting money. You don't roll me a d20. If you roll above 10, you're down there, and this is a different night. Because we're going to go through a whole week. Fuck it. Nope. Natural one. Oh, no. Alrighty. Well, that is not where you are. And you, uh... As he can, he starts telling you more and more about it, and then at one point he reaches inside of his shirt and he pulls out this little folded-up piece of paper and goes, "I've got a map. To the map, because I hit it on this island." Um, let's go uh, see if you can recall where you hit that map. I'll buy us some road beers. You spend the rest of the evening uh, drinking with the old man, and it, uh, it's it's a rather expensive evening for you to convince him that you are such a good friend, and it costs a little bit of money. But you get him to give up the map that he has that leads to the spot on the island where he hid the map to this treasure. Well, um, could I relay this information to the crew and see if we want to pursue? That's an angle I hadn't even stopped to consider. You uh, definitely could go talk to Captain Espinosa if he's got anything else lined up. Uh, Andy, inside of the money that you put inside that bag was 216 gold. So as the party shares the uh, shares the so, space, go ahead. Uh, just, uh, I'll pour it off into three separate bags or separate bits of rag of 72 each. And make sure that uh, each of my party members get a little bit. Uh, nice, saw. man. Here's a fun one. Uh, and you may have to take that to a money changer to turn it into platinums to be able to carry it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I will trust K2 to uh, keep, keep it safe until I can find a special bag or purse that allows me to carry that much weight a lot easier. <laughs> Nissa's is busy anyway she's drinking and partying and I imagine that over the nights um, she just delights the sailors with um, a few simple magic tricks probably most notably just um, putting out and then relighting candles at will um, and just like doing odd little things like that and then at the end of each night um before she actually decides to call it quits and sleep for a little while. Her last party trick is to cast fairy fire on herself, and then she just dances in the dark. <laughs> I like it. 
And uh, as you spend the week there, you get to know that the human woman who took your orders, name is Nancy. She is the proprietor of this establishment. And one of the nights while you are sitting down having a later dinner, you see her taking an order as someone from another table reaches out and pinches her bum. Hmm. And she does a 180 and backhands him out of the chair. Awesome. As he starts to try and get up, she puts a foot, stiletto and all, directly into his chest and leans in. And while you can't hear what she says, you can see the man's eyes get wider and wider. (laughs) And as she lets up her foot, he gets up and scrambles out the door. (laughs) I don't think he was being polite. And you don't really think that she likes, uh, she takes too well to people not being polite. (laughs) You also realize that she runs a whorehouse and the bar with the constant bar brawls. The brawls are easy enough to avoid if you see them coming. Occasionally someone throws a punch towards you, and if you just spin them into a different direction, they'll punch in that direction. Yeah. Drunken sailors. A lot of money goes into Nancy's hands over that over that week. Oh, Nilrim, yeah. you, wanted, you wanted to talk to the crew about uh, going to this... Uh, uh, did you want to... The... Looking at the map from town, if you had to take a guess, it's probably a two and a half to three day journey out of out of the city. It's actually not that far. Um, but then there's there's a spot, and it doesn't he doesn't say a whole lot on the map, but there's a drawing of a cave. And that is apparently where it's hidden at the top of this, uh, the top of this hill. There's a hidden cave behind a rock. Okay, so yeah, I relay the information and take their. Uh, we'll have a meeting. You guys are all back together and have a chance to discuss where do you want to go next. I know this is fairly early in a campaign, but you guys are able to choose any of the NPCs that you've interacted with and go in that direction, or you could take this map and go track that down. You uh, you can't afford a boat right now. I'm I'm sorry. I mean, you could afford a rowboat or a canoe. But <laughs> fair. Well. You do find out that, like, a small little sloop or a keelboat will run you 3,000 gold, and then you've got to hire a bunch of schmucks to help crew it with you. You want, like, a full-on sailing ship or a, a galley, that's, that's going to cost you a very pretty penny. Well, boys, what should we do? Should we... I- Go find some treasure? I mean, we're pirates. I I like the sound of treasure finding. Now, if we um, go with Captain Espinosa, then 
We're going to have to give him a cut of the treasure if we find it. Just a thought. But if we don't go with the captain, we're rowing. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut the captain in and we're pirates. I mean, if we don't like the cut of his jib, we'll fucking murk him. Nissa frowns a little at the... Uh, at a word that she's not as familiar with, but then she shrugs and she says, Okay. Right now, you guys have a map to a map. A lot of map to treasure. Yeah. Are you going to the captain now, or are you going to try and sort that out on your own and then go to him with a treasure map? Can we navigate this map without having a large boat and crew? Oh, absolutely. It's an inland map. Oh, okay. Yeah, then we should probably do this part as best as we can ourselves. All right. We'll save you some NPC acting. <laughs> I mean, we can do that. I just... Not sure how receptive the captain would be about a map that would lead you to a map. Now, a map that leads you to treasure, or supposedly leads you to treasure, now that it's exciting. Yes. That's not meta-knowledge. That's just normal knowledge. Yeah. That's just pirate knowledge. So you guys uh, stock up on a couple of these rations and the appropriate supplies before heading out of town. Looping around the old city as you leave and head up into the hills. Heading northwest. As you loop through the hills and follow the the rough map as best you can using the, the focal points. You eventually see the raw. Uh, roll me survival. Alright. Oh, that's a natty one. Twelve. No room? 18. As you're heading up towards the rock nil room, you notice that there are dozens of tiny holes that are coming out of the hill itself. Probably two feet, uh, you know, a foot and a half to two feet. So there's dozens of them hidden by grass. Okay, I'm going to relay this to the crew. Nessa shrugs. She has no idea what it could possibly mean. I like the sound of that, though. Alrighty. You move up towards the rock, and you see the cave entrance. And it appears to almost go straight down like an old well. How would you like to get down? One of you has fucking wings. Yeah. Well, I got that feather fall thing, too. I believe... Yeah, I'm not so worried about going down. I'm more worried about what's down there. True that. Do you want to do some recon there, Megan? I mean, I could. You got a ninja suit. I can make you. <laughs> That's true. Does it allow me to see in the dark? I imagine it's kind of dark down there. Shit, I have dark vision, but that won't help you. I think you should use the ninja suit and go down. I could. You can't make a ninja suit big enough for you with prestidigitation. Oh. It's in the palm of your hand. 
and my stealth into hide. I don't know. You're call. You're coming. What do you want to do? How deep is the swell? Hard to tell with the rock overhang. You can't see a bottom. I'm gonna pull one of the rocks off the overhang and just kind of drop it. Bang. Seems a long way down. Do I hear anything stirring when the rock at the bottom? No. No, you don't hear or see anything, and nothing appears to be coming up. Oh, looks clear to me, guys. Uh, Nissa will. Um... Hmm. Does anybody have a torch? I think I might. I have a explorer's pack. There's a torch in there, isn't there? Absolutely. I specifically did not bring a torch because it would be too big for her. She's a little light the on gear. Matches. <laughs> I say we light the torch, drop it down, and, see what and we go see. from there. That's smart. Alrighty, so you light the torch and drop it down, and it's probably about 50 feet down to hit, to hit the bottom. And you see signs, well, it looks like a stone floor underneath, despite being on top of a dirt hill. Are there any animals around? That's concerning. Um, animals around. I mean, there's like several insects and birds that, you know, normal wildlife. Okay, well, at least there's a little bit of wildlife. Um, Nissa's gonna uh, flutter around quickly and then say, wish me luck, and start going down the hole slowly. You uh, head down the hole slowly. As you get down, I'd like you to roll me perception. I that is nineteen. Nineteen. Wow. As you come down. And you get closer to the floor, you kind of glance up, and you see creatures skittering their long, shiny bodies reflecting in the torchlight along the ceiling. Ooh. Dozens and dozens of legs sticking out the sides of them, the ones that you can see. I scoot back up. So, what's the verdict? Well, there's something down there, but I've never seen them before. But they they move along on the ceiling, and they have a lot of legs. I couldn't see quite clearly enough to, you know, tell what it was, but there's a lot. Big? Small? Middle? Well, to me, they're pretty big, but, but, but you, probably small. 
If you had to guess, they were about three feet long, and like the like a they weren't as thick as a ship thick uh, ship rope. So I'll I'll um I'll frown a little bit, thinking, and I'll be like, um, a little more than three of me tall. That's how long they are, but really skinny, like skinnier than me, but. But like, like the ship rope, still thick. Y'all probably wonder if she's like totally batshit crazy. <laughs> Is there anywhere to lash a rope? Absolutely, there's lots of rocks sticking out here that would be more than sufficient to hold almost anything. All right, I lash the rope down, throw it down the well, and uh, wave at my friends to follow. Yeah, Nissa goes right away with K2. All righty, as you move your way down, as, as you guys move your way down, you stand in the, and get to the ground, you hit the torchlight, and you can see on the ceiling, you hear the, the almost quiet clicking of these little feet as these long bluish insects with these large antenna on the top of their heads are skittering around. Hi. They don't seem to be coming close to you as you stand in the torch light observing them. Hmm. I guess they don't speak common. Um, she's gonna repeat her greeting in druidic. Uh, they do not seem to respond in any way, shape, or form. She frowns. What about infernal? Ooh. Uh, they also do not seem to respond to your impressive use of languages. She frowns a little and then uh, calls out again, this time in Gith. Again, they don't seem to respond, but you see them uh, skittering around on the ceiling, circling the torchlight. Nissa shrugs. I don't think they like the light very much, but they're definitely not of the intelligent language-speaking variety, I think. Everybody roll me perception. Uh, Thirteen. Ten. What was that, Andy? Fourteen. As you look across the room, you see that there is a opening in the wall, probably 10 feet across and square, that leads forwards and down. I mean, it goes somewhere. 
you move towards it. Uh, if you guys are game, I'll, I'm game hiding behind you guys, of course. <laughs> All right, let's move forward. All right. And exactly how are you moving forward? Like, what's your what's your plan? What's your marching order? Who's doing what? Uh, Nissa suggests that we take the torch with to illuminate the space around us. How big is this tunnel? Probably 10 feet by 8 feet, like 8 feet wide, 10 feet tall. All right, well. All right, I'll, I'll take point if everybody's okay with that. Nissa will fly right behind yeah, you, too, kind of peeking over his shoulder. All right. As you head down the narrow hallway, you hear the skittering of feet, but you only ever see these things on the very edge of the torchlight. As you head down the path, uh, down the path further, it seems to come to a dead end in a small chamber. And as the torchlight, like you see the the end of the hall up ahead in the dim light, and then as you get closer. You see that there's a chest on the floor, as well as the bones of four individuals, all of whom look like they, based on their clothing or what's left of their clothing that hasn't been eaten, they all look like they were sailors. I have a sinking feeling we're not the first person this guy may give a map to. I know, right? What if this was all just a trap to trap us down here? And that said, Nissa is going to start looking for traps. Uh, Romy Investigation. Thirteen. As you uh, as you inspect the room and you look at the chest, you notice there is a mechanism on the back of the chest that there's a wire that goes into the wall and then you don't know where it goes, but you see three holes that bring in fresh air from outside in the room as well. Hey, hey guys, um, watch where you step. Just, just a thought. There's, there's some kind of thing going on back here, but I don't really know what it is. There, there's a wire on the chest and there's holes in the wall and... I just don't want to die down here, you know? How big are these holes? Uh, each one of these holes is probably three inches across. Oh, so I can stick my head in there? Yes. <laughs> 
I'm going to put one arm in, test it out, and then I'll poke my head in. Uh, you feel a gentle breeze of fresh air being brought into the chamber from somewhere on the surface. You can't see where it goes. It just disappears into darkness. It's fresh air. I would, I would not like to find out what would happen if, if these holes got blocked. That's exactly what I was thinking of doing. You want to block them? Block them and pull the chest. But how would we breathe? I mean, I suppose, I suppose we could breathe for a little while. Is there anything that looks like a door would close if I grab that chest? No. Nothing looks like a door down here at all, to be fair. Um, Nissa would like to inspect the wire more closely uh, to see what happens. Like, if the chest is moved, then the wire will move. But if the chest is just opened, will that make the wire move at all? The wire goes into the chest itself, so it's likely that that would also trigger it. Okay. Um, can I see into the hole that the wire goes into, into the wall? It's a small hole, and as you, even if you take the torch and hold it at the right angle to peer through, you see it's connected to some other mechanism, and then there's other uh, uh, other pieces that go up, uh, up inside the wall, like they, they move upwards inside the wall. Okay. So, uh, Nissa would like to inspect the skeletons. Um, and their clothing, she's looking for obvious wounds or signs of how they could have died. Um, no obvious wounds on the skeletons themselves. Although as you're kind of picking through the remains, you notice that there are three torches laying on the ground that were lit and that all three of these individuals had had their weapons drawn as you look on the floor and you actually find uh, two cutlasses and an old pistol. Do you know how to use these weapons, you guys? Because I'm thinking it might be a bad idea to open that chest. These guys had... had torches out like we do and weapons out like we don't but we could but if we touch the chest something happened to make them fall are the torches burnt out or did they go out basically they went out okay the the torches see see they're not burned all the way down something put the torches out and if we put the torches out, I bet the bugs come. Those critter crawlers that don't speak half the languages that I know. Can I inspect the chest, see how heavy it is? 
like not like actually lift it, but to kind of put my hands around it and see if I could lift it by myself. I mean, you don't know the weight of the contents, but the chest itself is only a foot and a half across, a foot deep, a foot tall. Like, there, unless the thing is full of lead, it should be liftable. I mean, gold I have is pretty a bad heavy. idea. Grab it and run. Yes. I mean, right now, that's a better idea. I can't think of anything other than either we either like um, wind gets blown in so furiously that the torches go out or there is like a gas that's pumped in that puts out the torches and then everyone dies. So I mean grabbing the chest and running isn't the worst idea. I mean opening it seems to be a bad idea. But maybe we could be fast enough. Can I get behind the chest? Mm, there's only about four inches from it to the wall, but got that to work with. John, what do you think? Um, I don't know, man. That, taking the chest and running is probably safer, eh? <laughs> safer? Who knows? But we'll find out. Literally, going to turn to the two of you and say, on the count of three, and I'm going to put my hand on the chest. Are you still carrying the torch? Uh, I'm going to hand that off to somebody else. I'm going to need both hands for this. Um, I have a resistance to fire. I'll take the torch. Nice. Alrighty. So as you place your hands around the chest and you go to heave and start running, I'd like you to make me a strength check. Is that for me or is that for Andy? Andy. 19. With a loud doing the cable behind the, the cable wire behind the chest lets go as you pick the whole thing up and start sprinting. And just as you hear the spudoing, suddenly you hear a whistling from behind you as this burst of air begins flooding into the uh, into the room from the small holes behind you. John, I would like you to make me a dexterity save. All right. That's not good. Um, seven. Or oh, saving throws. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, seven. As the wind hits your torch, it goes out. How far is it oh. from us to the entrance? Well, oh, can I just cast priest at digitation and light it back up? <laughs> Sure. As the torch goes out, you hear the skittering get closer, and then you light it again. And then the wind blows it out, and you light it again. The wind blows it out, and you light it again. You just keep going. <laughs> okay. Nissa can also assist with that with Druidcraft. I can instantly light a torch over and over and over and over and over again. 
so between the two of you, the wind can't put it out fast enough as you magically just keep it burning one way or another. <laughs> the techno sound. Forced running with this chest now, like straight out. Agreed. As you leave the torchlight behind. Why are we leaving it behind? I thought Nilrim was taking it. I, you two have it. Is uh, Andy, are you waiting for them or are you running ahead of them? Oh, oh I'm just full force running straight for where the light, the, the entrance, the exit. Alrighty, as you're running, suddenly these uh, things start falling from the ceiling towards you. Make me a dex save. That's all of us? Uh, nope, because as you two are coming along, they're skittering out of the way as fast as they can. Do I see them falling? Eleven. Um, up ahead, yes. One of them lands on your back, and you feel this sharp pain as it bites down on you for one point of damage. Uh, can I do something? Sure. I would like to cast Fairy Fire on K2. As it bites down on him, you uh, you light up in this glowing... Uh, what color is your Fairy Fire? Uh, orange, if it can be orange. The spell Absolutely. says blue, green, or violet, but I'd love it to be orange. Fuck the words. <laughs> Fuck the words. You want it to be whatever goddamn color you want. It's Fairy Fire. Um, Sunset orange. You illuminate in an orange glow that almost looks like fire coming off of you, but produces no heat. But the thing falls off of you and skitters back away as the others catch up to you, and you start pulling yourself up the uh, pulling yourself up the rope, and you all manage to make it out. The burning torch still in hand. Because fuck that noise. <laughs> when I get to the top, I'm basically gonna like spike the chest like it was a ball. Make me a strength check. Just how hard are you spiking this? For nineteen. As you spike it into the ground, the chest suddenly bursts open and there's a little bit of money in there. Uh, but you also see a scroll, or uh, a sealed scroll, the wax seal still intact, roll out of the wreckage. Uh, Nissa would like to pick it up. I'm also going to take this moment to realize that it looks like I'm on fire, so I'm going to start patting myself down. <laughs> I start laughing and drop the spell. It's harmless, just pretty. As you, uh... Okay, so you're... Sorry, so... Nisa has the scroll and is trying to pop that open. What are the other two of you doing? Oh no, I'm not trying to open it. I'm just holding it, waiting for them to, you know, climb out, stand up, whatever. Yeah, you're, you're all out and safe. Oh, okay. I'll hand it over to Nilrim. Uh, okay, I'll, uh, 
I guess check for are we at a safe place we're good now check for traps I guess um the chest is in pieces however uh, as you sift through the broken pieces you realize that the top had a section that shattered open but there's a hidden bottom section that's still sealed ooh I'm intrigued let's investigate that so you're going to take a little bit of time to... You can't figure out a way that it opens. However, at this point, the chest is fucked. So taking it apart is not going to uh, reduce its the chest's value. <laughs> I mean, we already broke it. We just got to break it a little more. I hear that and I pull out my maul and just go straight at it. Alright, as you crack into it, setting it up on a rock and split it open, a, a marble orb falls out, and uh, as you pick the orb up, it starts hovering in your hand, and you notice that there's a line etched around half of it with an N written at the top of the line. As you hold it, it kind of spins for a second and then turns itself and continues pointing in the same way no matter which way you turn. It's... It shows direction. Yeah, that's a map for sure. Um, looking at it, does it appear that the N is actually pointing north? Yes, based on your, uh, based on what you know about the directions and where you're sitting, yeah, this thing is pointing north. I, I bet this is needed. It's very pretty. Very precise. And you, uh, you also, digging through the coins that fell out, find 60 silver. And I've, I've do... never had this much coin. I mean, I need a banker. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is probably a good place to call her quits. All right, we so we made it out of the trap and we're checking out all our treasure. And I guess we'll open up the scroll next week. Sounds good. Alrighty, I will see you guys next week.